Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. To hear those words, welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Very, very excited for this. It's a difficult program. This wasn't the comeback card that I might have been hoping for. Eight races sounded great. I got pretty excited when I heard there were only eight. But then I started to delve deeper, Dan Malecki. Great to be on air with you again. And, you know, it was one of those things where you got good news and then you, you started to delve a little bit deeper and excavate, and I'm not sure the news was great after that, but hopefully we found a few winners. Wonderful to speak with you again, mate. Yeah, great to uh, hear from you again. Um, as uh, I think I, I uh, sent a mes- message to you during the week, Jace, about um, a great comment from uh, from Mark uh, Twain. Uh, was famous <laughs> for writing uh, about uh, news of his death was greatly exaggerated. <laughs> so it's uh, great to uh, great to have you back on board again, Jace. Yeah, well, it may be mildly exaggerated in this case, but uh, one of the one of the great <laughs> humorists. Uh, what was one of my other favourites from him? Uh, Something about a game of golf being a, a lovely walk ruined yeah, or something like that. But golf's uh, a, a yeah. great walk spoiled. <laughs> um, genius, of course, for those who don't know, Samuel Langhorn Clemens. He's the man behind Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, among other uh, genius works. But it is magnificent to be back. And I'll tell you what, it, it was a lovely message that you sent me and it warmed the cockles of my heart. And then I decided to, I don't know why, but um, I passed on the bad news that you might have already seen that uh, one of your... Pet peeves has uh, uh. has read its ugly head here in uh, this Saturday night card. With at least one of the scratchings has already come through, but three pole markers as emergencies, and there's one race in particular, Dan, that that pretty much uh, outlines and, and proves the point that you so often make. Because there's one runner drawn gate two, maybe the pole that I'm very keen to back each way, and yet I can't until tomorrow, really, can I? No, no, you can't indeed, and. It changes all the work that you put into it, all the all the maps, and and look, there's just no incentive to want to have a bet. And I mean, some of the organisations involved have got to understand punters and, and punting and being prepared to want to put a bet on early, which is so important. I mean, our fields and harness racing are out on a Tuesday, um, and by lunchtime on a Tuesday, and most of the time the prices aren't up until or Friday, so we miss out on three days of pre-post betting. And when they are in the emergencies have drawn one there's no incentive to want to have a bet a because of the deductions that are involved and if those uh, emergencies do get a run um, they can eat up a lot of those deductions but also change the way the races are run so you don't want to get in too early so there's a few areas there that could be cleaned up and be more welcoming for people to punt on harness racing I'll tell you what, I'll give it away. Why not? Why am I being coy? I don't like it when people go on social media and sort of say, had a bad day today and everyone asks, well, uh, you know, what happened? So I'm not going to be coy. Vanquish Stride is the runner that I uh, will be talking about a little bit later in the free-for-all, $23.440. If there's no scratchings, gets the pole, I reckon lands behind the leader and you can have a decent bet. But as things are now, I can't and I just have to sit and wait and sweat and hope things work out tomorrow. So... It's certainly one of uh, many, many things that need to be addressed, but it would help a hell of a lot with us trying to find a winner and back them on Saturday night. Let's kick off the, the program here. First event on the card. Now, I thought the chance was the one to beat, but I wasn't expecting a dollar sixty-five. I know you do your own prices, Mr. Mielecki, so please tell me um, what price you had the chance or and whether you've got it on top. No, look, I, I, I priced him short enough, I would have thought, in a race like this, I had $2.20 um, and right. was satisfied that that would be the price. So I didn't expect him to be that short. I I did think that he stood out to a fair degree, but 165 it's hard to envisage him getting much shorter than that. Um, he's not really known for being a gate speed horse. He'll come out of the gate. Um, front line here, it's not... Well, you wouldn't think it's overly quick. He might actually be a chance to push on and get to the front. So initially I thought that $1.65 is just way too short. He can't get any shorter, but I'm not certain about that now. Um, Is there a horse there that you're thinking more so could work to the front or could naturally work its way across and get to the lead here and 
Because if the chancel was parked, for example, he's clearly not a dollar sixty-five chance. Um, if he led, he may well be. Uh, but I, I was not certain that there would be something else in the race that would definitely lead. There are chances that could push forward, um, but if the, the chancer was able to get there <laughs> comfortably, uh, he, he might be too good. I mean, he was going to be a clear top pick anyway, and I wasn't too fussed whether he led or not, but if he does lead, it's an extra advantage, and maybe that's why he's $1.65. But to answer your initial question, I've got $2.20 about him, and um, so $1.65 doesn't look like value. But again, comes down to the maps, and if he leads, he may well be that. Um, so he's my top pick, Jason. Um, I thought Forgot the Wallet's been racing particularly well. Uh, tracks through behind the chancer from the back line. Uh, she's in decent form, and I thought had an each-way chance. She's around the $8.50 mark at the moment. Tusock Creek, uh, if, if the chancer did end up in front, Tusock Creek's likely to get that nice enough run, and particularly if there's not a lot of pressure forthcoming. And he's definitely got a, a, a top four uh, chance. And, uh, and the other one in the mix is the informed Pesci, and it's great to see Karen Manning back as well. She had three broken vertebrae, and that was from about a month ago. Told initially she could be out between six uh, weeks and three months, and here she is back after a month, but been uh, chatting to her, and she's as fit as. She reckons the little break has uh, done her the world of good, and she's got a decent book of drives, and she's driving Pesci. Uh, who's going for four wins in a row? So I've I've put him into the mix as well here, but it, it's uh, it's hard to find something with confidence that can beat the chancer. Now I'm seemingly more prepared to look outside the chancer simply because he's a dollar sixty-five and trying to find a bit of value, and I'm, I'm and I'm finding that part difficult. Yeah, I, I've been communicating with Kez as well, via an intermediary. I don't know what I just don't call him myself. Uh, it's a musical conversation. Kez knows what I'm talking about. So the chancer here, I I did map the chancer to lead, but are there chances to cross the chancer? Maybe. Um, you've got a couple of very aggressive drivers uh, wide on the front line here. Regal, Rockland, Bull, Uwa, Lister, Lance Justice. Uh, and even Pesci's got good early speed if Kez wanted to use it. But you, you would think that within Jack aboard, the chances, they, they sort of protect him a little bit early sometimes. I think he's got the natural speed, hasn't he, to, to get across the pole marker and probably hold those out wider. I've always, like, I've got a good opinion of this horse, but I've always thought he might be a slightly better miler. So if... If one or two things didn't work out and it was over a mile, I think maybe, you know, that well, $2 is about as short as I want to go. But um, I thought he was a longer chance than that, just in, just in case, just on the on the possibility that things didn't work out early because I don't know if he's the strongest customer in the world. He's got a lot of high speed, but I have got him on top as well. I thought the better betting option here, um, I'm with you, forgot the wallet, black book of last start, terrific run, follows through, lobs a good spot. Um I think eight fifty about forgot the wallet is is more attractive, is it not than a dollar sixty five about the chance? I mean, it's it's pretty hard if you if you've got that between now and tomorrow night. If you start to really confirm to yourself that the chance is going to lead, it's hard to bet against them, isn't it? But at the same time, um, value is God, Dan, and I'm thinking eight fifty around forgot the wallet on an each way basis when you're getting two thirty the drum seems uh, a more attractive way to try and make a few shekels. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, is there? Um, and you've got reasonably good form to base that on as well, and particularly yeah. drawn the back line, saw that unfold last week, similar type of run, hitting the line strongly. So um, I think you're probably right. 2.30 does look attractive in this instance, and um, uh, also if you're building up a little all up to something else that you might like later in the night, well, well it's going to more than double it, isn't it? Just in one fell swoop by uh, getting a horse that can run top three as opposed to getting less of a prize for the horse that has to win. I'm glad you've spoken about um, all ups because we've got a brand new segment later in the show. It's going to be called Multiculture. Actually, we've got a couple up recently. <laughs> Oh, well, that's, uh, I'm glad you've set some momentum up because I'm not sure I nailed one prior to the break. That, that might have been why I was uh, I was thrown into a sabbatical. Um, Captain Pins <laughs> in for third and for fourth, Pesci, who I don't know whether it'll go forward or back, but I've, uh, I've got a good opinion of that horse. And the one thing about Pesci, um, Little Joe uh, wasn't, well, didn't know how to win Little Joe Pesci for a while and now has learned how to win. And it's something that you talk about regularly, Dan, that... Um, 
Um, do I amuse you? Do I make you laugh? Uh, Joe Pesci, he, he sort of had a habit of, he had the, the ability but didn't quite know how to finish first and he's done it three times in a row and that that matters. Yeah, I, I think it does. I, I, I tend to think you see that uh, often and um, for some horses, uh, timing also is of importance. They can win their races too quickly, too early and then get thrown in the deep end and then mm. struggle. And in this case, Pesci, uh, what was he, 20 odd starts for two wins um so it was a bit lopsided for winning but now he's balancing that up and he's enjoying winning and there's an art form in winning and there's an art form in losing and as um form analysts and tipsters uh we're somewhere in between but we're angling towards the top end of trying to make an art form of winning <laughs> yes uh, hopefully we can make an art form on this uh, on this program and one key i will say though punting personality when you, when you are losing for whatever reason, as long as you're doing your form properly, you've got to be able to move past it very, very quickly and get back to winning. Time for a break on the Friday form panel. The boys are back in town. Jay Bond and Dee Mills will be back with seven more races in the Friday form panel. Coming up after this, the second event on the car, the Dynamic Print Trot. Back soon. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. The one thing they did allow me, uh, Dan, while I was away, unfortunately in captivity, they allowed me. Um, they allowed me one musical instrument a day, so um, that, that that kept me going for a couple of months, and I'm I'm, I'm really pleased. And now I'm fresh and back. Have you got any news? From the, it's hard sometimes to remember what happened yesterday, isn't it? Let alone over the last couple of months. But is there anything? Um, is there anything you need to report to me and to the SEN audience from? From my sabbatical when I was uh, unable to um, access social media and and um, and such luxuries, uh, I'm still working for a living. <laughs> uh, so there's good and bad within that. Um, you know that in part I love my job, but um, I haven't hit the jackpot in Tats Lotto oh, uh, or uh, in the big sixes. Oh, no. um, so therefore. Um, much of the same uh, has been happening. I've continued to maintain the high standard of living I provide for my wife and, and my adult children. And your, and your pets. That's exactly right. Who, yeah, who they all live in luxury. Than, they, look, they probably get looked after better than the wife and the children. So, uh, well, <laughs> yes. As long as they're happy, I'm happy. That's, that's, that's how I operate it. Um, race two on the card. Now, this one, I so race one, we're looking at the chancer. I marked it longer than $1.65, quite a bit longer, but I've got even shorter with this favourite. Ki-Ying Chucky is a good horse, always has been. Last mm. couple of starts, uh, back from a break, wins. Doesn't always begin brilliantly, but I can just see a balance and burn situation and, and roll around and find the top. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a runner down there wide on the second row outside the draw at $11 a place that might have taken your eye. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good-looking horse, I know that. <laughs> uh, apparently in Polish it means good-looking. Um, oh, but uh, it's the um, it's the, the horse that's uh, next to my namesake that, that I was taken by. Look, there are two horses that pretty much stood out and they're, they've got, um, well, similar form lines in a way. They've been just behind the top bracket of horses throughout their careers to date. But Sebastian's boys had only the 12 lifetime starts. I, I thought he was terrific first up. I mean, I can't fault Kiang Chucky's two wins from a spell, but um, I really like Sebastian's boy. He's quite an imposing type. There's plenty of him. I thought he had quite a deal of improvement to come from that first up win. So I'm angling Sebastian's boy here. And I know he's a horse that you've um, um, made mention of earlier on in his career, and he is putting it together. But so too now is Kiang Chucky as well. His two wins back from a spell highlighted his... uh, his ability, uh, I'd expect both of these horses to go a fair bit higher in class. Uh, but I've gone the 12 from the 5. I was actually quite keen on the 12, but every time I go back and look at the replays at the 5, um, I can see there's not a lot between them. And and I think Kian Chucky should be favoured based on the barrier, drawn the front line, uh, has got a, a, a chance, I think, with a bit of gate speed that he could work across and lead. But Sebastian's boy, I, I actually like him drawn the back row. I think he... He's going well that way, as long as he got backs to chase. And then he can be very strong for his last six to 700 metres of the race anyway. So 
I would have thought Melton would suit Sebastian's poi, but if uh, Keyang Chuck is in front, he might just get away with the appropriate uh, sectional times to make it harder for number 12, Sebastian's boy. But I, I've put the 12 on top, 12 to beat five, and then I've thrown in Meadow Valley Stars out to decent odds here. He's pretty handy trotter. Uh, and again, another horse I think is suited by the dynamics of Melton. Um, his form can be a bit in and out, uh, and that's probably why he's $10. But uh, I, he'd be one that I'd be including in your B set of um, early quaddies or, or uh, exotic bets. Naked Ambition was, was okay last week, and maybe at long odds is another to consider uh, for those types of bets. And I could see Maliki running on strongly at the finish and, and getting into uh, maybe a minor placing. I think he's going well enough, but I think Sebastian's boy and, and Kiang Chucky, they're both really nice types. They've had little quirks, a bit of time to mature, but they're heading in the right direction, and I think they can fight it out 12, 5, 10, and 6. Yeah, I've got 5, 12, 8, and 7. Um, for, pretty, you're right. Pretty much from day dot, real early doors, uh, I, I sort of fell in love with Sebastian's boy. I think he, he could be, like, he could be a seriously good horse, Sebastian's boy. But is he the mm. finished product? Well, we know he's not nowhere near the finished product. Will that stop him winning? Potentially not. But I'm, the way I think about it, Dan, is... He, how many, like, how much better does he have to be than Kiang Chucky under these circumstances? And I think on raw ability, he, there's every chance that he is better, but I'm not sure there's enough between them if things work out okay for Kiang Chucky. And that's the only reason I've taken the coward's way out here. But $2.40 is it's actually good enough for me. Five twelve. Um, Quickly, we've got a break coming up before the news, but... Who is Tweedledee? What what do we make of this situation? Because it goes around in a free-for-all and starts $7 and, and goes so poorly and then turns up here in a much easier race. At, at $9, you've obviously decided to give it a wide berth. Yeah, well, he didn't get around the turns last week. And, and the yeah. Open 250, and then as if he'd lost yeah. a leg in the last 60 seconds. <laughs> and we saw a lot of that last Saturday night. So punters that got the 260 early on on Tweedledee would have turned out to be Tweedledum later because it just didn't work out. And I didn't like the way he crabbed around the bends and he might just need this run for experience too to see how he he, he follows through a field and just offers something a little bit more than last week. So I can't have him, but that's not to say he can't win on exposed form. But um, I, I just couldn't work out some of those prices. There was a couple of, you know, Rock and Roll do got out to $26 fixed odds just in the last moment of betting. It was quite extraordinary. When you look at those price fluctuations and drifts, they just don't make sense. And Tweedledee, although he ran up to the drift, it just happened so late. Um, it's just quite extraordinary. But it's not the first time we've seen those sorts of um, drifts uh, at, uh, at particularly melt on a Saturday night. So he might improve. He's down in class, but he'll need to. I've got to say, we'll talk about this when we come back, but I've, I've got to say I've never seen nearly 2.50 out of 7 in 45 seconds. Uh, I'll find out if Dan has after the break. But uh, we'll have the break of the news, but uh, my numbers are 5.12, 8 and 7 in race 2. We're going to return big second hour. We're going to get for half an hour in the first section, don't we? Coming up in the Friday form panel, don't go too far. Singing here's to growing Live on SEN Track. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Woke up this morning with a strangest dream. Well, I'll tell you what, it's good news, Dan. I'm, I'm obviously aligning closely with the Gen Zers based on that little news report. So they're knocking down high paying, knocking back high paying jobs to align closely with their own personal values. Well, my personal value is trying to find winners. <laughs> That's <laughs> so I've uh, I've chosen this job, and and uh, so have you. And uh, unfortunate to hear that you are still working, but I think the fans are going to be very pleased. But um, it's good to see we've got something in alignment with the the young folk out there. Well, we're still searching for the holy grail, however, aren't we? <laughs> Well, I'm not sure we're going to find it in the third event in the program, but it is an absolute belter. V-H-R-M-A, Graham Goffin Memorial. And look, Treachery's, are, Treachery's definitely closed the gap, but Tough Tilly has led 12 times in her career to date. One on 10 of those occasions, only beaten twice by freak, freak, Dan Malecki's little girl. Ladies in red, so you'd be thinking that she should lead here, and that's why the punters 
have been happy to snap up. I think we've had a little bit of a firm here. Uh, no, well, I think it might have touched $1.70 at one point. It's $1.60 at the moment. Tough Tilly, who, of course, is um, an inspirational mare racing on behalf of um, EB Research. Treachery's there as well. I'll tell you one that I thought was... Maybe a little go. I know there's only two place dividends, but I think so what gets across everything at the start then hands up to Tough Tilly and 440 a place has got the potential to uh, seduce the bond there, I reckon, Dan. But I'd like to know your thoughts. It is. It's a really good race. I mean, the, the obvious thought was that either Tough Tilly or Treachery would lead. They're both very good beginners. Um, yep. I... I couldn't when I I, I price treachery favourite. Now I know you've right. got uh, tough Tilly and the stats and they're accurate. She's a very good mare in front. She's beaten uh, ladies in red um, multiple times uh, by having the gate speed, being able to lead. Uh, it's definitely an advantage for her. Um, some of her form last preparation, a bit in and out. We saw her break up at the start on one occasion, a couple of disappointing runs or out of character performances at Menangle. So. More mm. so than in previous preparations, um, she threw in a bad one here or there. And first up, um, look, I, I'm not reading too much into it first up, but I, I, I still thought that uh, she didn't really finish off the race the way I thought she was entitled to. Okay. So it didn't warm me with confidence. It wasn't that sort of run where she hit the line hard and just never got into the race. Um, that race was a month away um and and obviously treachery comes through the same race in cypher won it so it's a pretty strong form line but i thought treachery was super she'd come off a much longer break she hadn't raced this year and she was hitting the line really hard in fast closing sectional times you draw on um tough tilly's record in front and that's pertinent here it makes perfect sense but you look at treachery's record over the short trip yeah. And it's exemplary. And um, I'm going with her. I, I think Treachery might be able to beat Tough Tilly. Trying to work out the way that it might happen if Treachery has to sit parked outside Tough Tilly, it doesn't um, enthrall me or uh, make me more confident that she's going to be tougher than uh, Tough Tilly. But uh, I, you said she'd, she'd pull back the ground on the top uh, mares that Emma Stewart's got in particular. Um, and I think she sits right up there. She proved that she's back. She looked terrific. She's not as thick a bigger set of filly as, say, uh, or mare as Tough Tilly. So I think she can pick up her fitness much quicker. She showed that first up. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how this market might might hold up. I think the fact that Mark Pitt has got Tough Tilly's drive as opposed to Treachery, a, a mare that he often drives has dictated where the market sits here. But I just think treachery is the really good value, the five. So five, four, uh, six and three are my tips, Jase. I've gone uh, four, five, three and six. Tay-Tay's obviously outstanding as well, but you would imagine potentially might need the run here and the draw doesn't help at all. I thought so what was a little blowout chance, but definitely could run a place. Um you, you know what, so here's my, I mean, you know I've been in captivity, so it's been very hard. I'm, I'm, I might be rusty here, but I I think Tough Tilly, I think it'll go the other way. I, I don't know what you're intimating there exactly, but I think it might go the other way than what you potentially are suggesting. I, I think if you like treachery, you might get an even better price because I can just really? see, well, I can just see people looking at this situation. Well, okay, let's factor in, first of all, um, the... Those outside the bubble, okay, who don't watch every Saturday night, but they know Tough Tilly a little bit better than they know Treachery. So there's a little bit of money there. Then there's the Mark Pitt factor, even though you've got Kerry Manning, but the Mark Pitt factor, a little bit of money there. Uh, all of a sudden, I think there's going to be a swing that she will lead, and 1,720 metres leading, a little bit of money there, and and also that record in front. So, I look... As I say, I might be a touch rusty here, but I'm thinking Tough Tilly might even start a dollar forty here, and Treachery might get out slightly. I, I marked them closer, one eighty and two twenty. You've got Treachery favourite, but I can. Am I making any sense here, Dan? I, I can just see the reasons yeah. why, why, why they will, why they'll keep coming for Tough Tilly, and and make no mistake, you, you switch their draws here. I'm tipping Treachery every day of the week, every day of the week. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But but I'm just thinking. Tough Tilly, and, and the one thing, I, I don't know whether we're completely on the same page with that with that um, first up run behind in Cypher. I thought when they're getting home in 26-4, I don't know that Tough Tilly could have done a hell of a lot more, but at the same time, 
I'm just thinking that uh, I'm thinking over the mile. Even if Tough Tilly isn't isn't quite at her best, sometimes at 1720 metres, particularly for these um, sons and daughters of Captain Treacherous, they seem to be able to just keep running all the way, don't they? But I tell you, it would be a great sight and a wonderful opportunity. Uh, for you, Dan, to call them just pairing off and really setting sail for home and, and hitting top gear in that last four or 500 metres. And that might be the case. And if Treachery does win, well, we'll have no doubt. The gap's not only been closed, but it, it might have been... Uh, Treachery might have surpassed Tough Tilly and might be right at the top of the tree. Yeah, look, I think her form last preparation showed that. She had a bit of a, a, a injury. Uh, but I really liked the way that she resumed. It was in a race where Encipher was drawn to lead, dictate, dominate, and that's exactly what happened, and fast sectionals. But Treachery really ticked the box for me. Tough Tilly didn't, but as I said, she's a thicker set mare, and she might have just needed to run more than Treachery, and with the barrier draw, that makes sense. The switch around and barrier draws make sense as well, but I just couldn't get Tough Tilly at that short a price, and... You do make sense in suggesting that she could actually firm up more if we can see fluctuations like we did last week or often see in the harness. Um, if, if that's the case, a dollar sixty might be the value, but it doesn't mean they'll necessarily win. And um, I think uh, I'm, I'm happy to stick with Treachery. She might have to do it the hard way, but oh, I reckon she's been undersung here. But then again, Mark Pitt, you would think, had the choice of the drives, and you've got to respect his opinion. It wouldn't have been an easy one to just pick Tough Tilly over Treachery, surely. Two quick questions before we go to a break, Dan. The first one, I want to go back to race two. Uh, you've been involved in racing, uh, I think, since you were three and a half years of age, you got your first job. So you've been around for a little while. Um, you're not much older than me, but you've been around for a little while. Uh, seven into 250. I mean, it's one thing to be eight, eight bucks out to 34. That, it, that's, that, that's not as dramatic. I, I think that happened in the last 45 seconds. Have you? How often have you seen that throughout the course of your career? That was just—I I don't even know—I don't even know how that can happen. I mean, it's one thing if nobody's having a bet, um, and whether it's influenced by the exchange as well. But that's just amazing what happened to Tweedledee. It—it it, it literally had no chance by the time they—they uh, they went to the standing start. Look, uh, being on Trot's Vision, we can get a bit of information coming through. Far more information there than we yeah. would say if you were just watching the Sky Channel. So I think it's important the information that um, is delivered, whether it comes from an expert or it comes from the train of the driver. And uh, Kate had made mention about Tweedledee not really getting around the, the, the top turn all that well in, in, in the hit out previously. So, but it took a while. Uh, it was as if it was on delay before that bit of information may have taken effect. But it was just such a wild drift. It happened ridiculously quickly, and the horse stepped away okay. And I don't think it did handle the bottom turns, but it was overplayed. It's not just a little move, like 250 out to 320. You know, yeah. that's a big enough drift. If that was the gallops, you'd be worried. But in the trots, yeah. it goes from 250 to $7 or $8. Um, a lot of the times, I'll read out, uh, particularly the top three in the betting, the price as they're scoring up, and I, I get a feel as to almost right at the death knock what price they are. But... Rock and roll do's case in in the in the free for all. There was a lot happened there late. I, I saw Acknell warm up. I wasn't really impressed with him. It didn't surprise the way he drifted out a little bit. But rock and roll do as they were scoring up. I'm sure he was about nine dollars. Now he officially started twenty six. It somehow has happened as the green light was going on, or just prior to it. But within me mentioning the price he was in the middle of the score up to to going and. It's hard to fathom. That happens often. I've been going over the starting price odds fixed with Tab the last couple of weeks and horses are getting to prices that I can't believe they've got to when I am looking at the price as the mobile is rolling and scoring up. And it's just extraordinary in that last moment those prices get out. Now, there's a worry there because if people are going to wait too long for that to happen that market doesn't mould properly, does it? Uh, if people are going to wait too no. late, ultimately they're going to possibly even miss out on something. They're just wild, almost ridiculous. And, and sometimes you can't fathom them because we as, uh, you know, I understand the horses both physically and form and likewise with yourself and there's plenty of others, 
And it just doesn't make sense to some of us as to how these horses can drift. Now, Tweedledee's case last week's different. We didn't know it. I didn't want to back it yeah. at $2.50. Bit of information come about. But in other instances, um, we see horses regularly, $3.50 out to $18. And it just, they probably open up way unders, but it takes to the last two minutes of betting before they really drift right out. So um, that's a bit of a concern going uh, forward because um, we want to see those markets mould when it's a free-for-all and the top quality horses are fluctuating to that extent, it doesn't make sense. It certainly does. And I've got another question for you on race uh, three when we come back from a break. But uh, So Craig Knott, um, one, of the, um, one of the leading professional punters and leading minds on wagering in Australia, really, of, of all kinds, has, like he told me many years ago, it's not only that last minute, but creating stability in markets as early as possible is so critical because, and I have heard these stories a million times at the pub or at a retail wagering venue when you run into people, they see that move and they believe that there's inside information that they don't know about and then their long-held um, biases and prejudices against harness racing preclude them from punting. So that is definitely a worry it happening in the last minute but if we can get the markets to solidify even earlier in the week with a couple of different wagering service providers competing against one another and getting the markets right then people will have far more faith in having a bet that along with maybe not drawing emergencies as poll marks yes. back soon friday form panel dan malicki and jason bonnington we're covering some serious territory here, more than the early settlers. We'll be back with race four. This is an absolute belter, the home field at group three level. I don't think it should be group three. I think it should be higher ranked than that, but we'll talk about that as well when we come back in the Friday form panel on this track. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. significantly during my uh, hiatus was the voice it's, it's back to 2021 levels i was told by uh, michael thompson otherwise known as tom bang in there at sen uh race four now we've discussed uh, this previously I, I don't know whether we're on the same page here dan but the vhrc caduceus home field is a group three by name now we, we know there's a lot of races around the country and not just in harness racing in several codes that are group ones that seem um, undeserving or unbefitting of that title. This is, when you look at the um, the honour roll for the home field and what it means is the, well, I think it's the premier short course open A, like open class for the three-year-olds in terms of uh, gender. I feel like it's, when I'm going through the horse of the year or the, the three-year-old trotter of the year, I always rate the home field very highly. And this is, this might not be a totally elite edition, but it's a cracking race, isn't it? It is. It is a very good race, and uh, a couple of uh, or a number of fillies as well um, look really good. I, I thought the fillies were the better, um, better than the Colts overall, like depth-wise. Mm, yeah. um, obviously, the locomotive's very good, and um, the horse that uh, beat him uh, recently um, is uh, Prince of Rock. Uh, looks pretty smart, but the the fillies have always looked uh, excellent with Rock and with Attitude and. Um, you've got She's a Wish, who's pushed her previously. Valerie Lane, who's uh, pushed her uh, previously as well. You've got uh, Dichotomy, who's an emergency here. If it gets a run, it's well in commission already. Um, so I, I think uh, I, I'm swaying towards the Phillies. And obviously, the locomotive has drawn the back line as well. That might suit him. He might actually chase better. But She's a Wish is a good beginner. Valerie Lane's a good beginner as well. Basilica can get off the gate pretty quickly. The Andy Gath trained uh, Colt drawn too. I, it, because it's over the short trip, they'll come out running naturally. It's a decent enough prize. It's a good race. Um, I'm, I'm angling towards She's a Wish here, or I've angled to uh, She's a Wish. The locomotive, um, it just might be the awkward gate, but if She's a Wish led, the locomotive tracks through. 
Uh, will it be as simple as that? Or can Caesar wish Anthony? But, you know, you don't often see Anthony uh, even tactically drive to take a trail. But Caesar wish would be ideally placed behind the right horse. Who's that right horse, Jace? I'm not sure. Uh, because if it was Valerie Lane that led or Basilica. Basilica probably wouldn't hand up. Valerie Lane could. Elderberry and Miley, I don't think, has got the necessary gate speed. But if it pushed on when you were looking for a sit, it could get there. And um, Dichotomy is the one. If it gets a run, could make things interesting. Um, lots of scenarios. Good race. Uh, she's a wish. One. One eight. The locomotive. Five. Valerie Lane. And four. Elderberry and Miley. One eight. Five and four. Intriguing race. Oh, it's it's a belter, and all the cases, all the scenarios you've outlined. This is. So sometimes you've got multiple scenarios in a race, haven't you, Dan? And, and it's perplexing, confusing, and it puts you off. Here, it probably winds you up a little bit, I think. So she's a wish. I, I am just looking at Anthony Button thinking 1,720 metres, you've got the speed to hold them. Um, do you leave your fate in the hands of another? And you've already outlined, I think Basilica would be the most likely because Basilica is likely to have a genuine crack at she's a wish at the start. But... Oh, I'm just trying to uh, uh, remember the last time, Anthony, but in a battle like that um, over a short trip or even over a long trip, but over a short trip with a good horse, decided to take a trail. And I think the the critical key here is what you've mentioned as well about the boys and the girls. Um, the battle of the sexes, as I wrote about earlier in the week with Cypher, but we've got the trotters here, the three-year-olds. Is, is Ant so worried about the locomotive being on his back that he would take that option and I don't know that there's enough I mean there'd be a fear factor but not enough of a fear factor if you know what I'm saying mm, yeah when, I when, do when know you think what you're saying and... yeah when, when you think to yourself yeah. if you, I hand up to somebody else because the horse that I've tipped here is Elder Barrett Miley and it, it, so here's the problem uh, she swish hands up to Basilica and puts the locomotive three back the pegs and then Elder Barrett Miley puts potentially Basilica or Valerie Lane to bed on the turn and mm. your opportunity is lost. So th- th- from a speed map perspective, that's that's where I sort of finished up. And I'm still with Elder Baron Miley because I just think she's a ridiculous price given I don't, in a, on ability, I don't think there's there's much between she's a witch, Elder Baron Miley and the locomotive. And I'm almost believing that Elder Baron Miley could be the most talented of the lot, even though she's tactically disadvantaged by uh, not drawing on the pegs. But um, going back to the speed map, that, that's why I just thought the one would 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 opt to hold up, even though I think six times she's led in races already in her career and uh, held the top three times and trailed on three other occasions. But I, I just thought here, Anne to probably hold the top. Yeah. 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 And, that's and, the likely I, scenario. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know whether that's better for her or worse. I, I think she's good enough... She's good enough to handle either scenario, isn't she? Her, her, actually, her, I think her record when leading is um, exemplary. And I think she might have lost more times when she's trailed than led. I, I'm not sure she's been beaten in front. So I, I think they'll take that option. And one thing we are going to find out here, we're going to find out a little bit more about where all, th- all three of these horses are, or even Basilica and Valerie Lane and others. Moonwalker's got ability as well. This isn't... This isn't just a race in two or three, but they do stand out a little bit. Well, for me, they do. Um, you've got one in between them, but she's a wish. The locomotive, Elder Baron Miley, at very least, are all very good horses. Valerie Lane was really impressive at stall. Um, yeah. She's a good filly. She got close to rocking with Attitude in a Group 1 race. I think you've got to respect her. She'll be at really good odds. And the rockin' with attitude form line, I think, is the best form line in the race. Yeah. And we've seen She's a Wish get close and um, uh, horses uh, like Valerie Lane have got even closer. So I, I think she'll be the value, Valerie Lane, and don't discard her. Um, might come back to haunt you. I think she's a really good each-way chance. I'm already haunted by plenty. I don't need to be haunted by Valerie Lane as well. Um, uh, sorry the good about news, that. Set with the, the good light on again. The good news is, uh, oh, sleeping complete. Um, the good news is, I've got Andy Gath. This is my return to burning questions today as well. Andy Gath, uh, Snooze Fenosio, and Nathan Jack. So I'll be sure to ask about 
a number of things here, including Tweedledee and the old Tweedledum and whether we can have a little bit of a bounce back there. But here, just how aggressive they're going to be with Basilica and just how highly Snooze rates Elder Baron Miley because I certainly rate her very, very highly myself. So numbers again, mine were four, one, eight and two. What were yours, Dan? One, eight, five and four. All right, we'll go head-to-head there. We are halfway through the program, trying to find out what's happening in the world. Apparently, Donald Trump's either in prison or just getting out. Um, I I don't know which is the better scenario, but we'll find out exactly where things are right now with the news. And when we return, we'll get stuck into the quaddy. Race five is a belter. Race six is the free-for-all. I found one there at odds I've already mentioned. The seventh is a fantastic race, and the eighth is almost impossible. So... We'll try and take you through the lot of it when we come back very soon. Friday form paddle, Trot's Life, SEN Track. Okay. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. does feel good. I don't know why it feels so good, but it certainly feels good to be back on the Friday form. I think I do know why it feels so good to be back on the Friday form panel with Dan Malecki. We're through the first four races, and now we get serious. First leg of the quaddy is the Benevet Trot. Uh, many winning chances, and I'll tell you what, an enormous, staggering, freakish amount of gates bit off the front line. But, Dan, we know this. Uh, we've, we've seen this movie before. When there's this much speed off the front line, it can go one of two ways, can't it? They can all fly out. Or almost nobody does, and, and uh, there's a concession that one certain horse is going to find the top. I don't know how you read it, but the good news is you're about to tell us. Mm. Well, look, I think hopefully, either hopefully. scenario, fast speed, slow speed, it suits RC Phoenix, um, and he's got the respect now. He's coming off a bit of a freshen up, so he could well be vulnerable. Um, uh, I... I I had to put him on top, but I've, I, I think Love Gun's a serious threat here. He's probably as big a threat to himself than anything else because he um, he broke up last time and you saw him a couple of starts prior. He's just nursed around, but he is going really well, um, Love Gun. But uh, I, I think that RC Phoenix has proven that he's a, he's a group one trotter and he's still getting up through the grades. Um, so 11's on top, uh, but I, I think the five uh, love gun at the at the value is um, is ter- terrific. Uh, Nine dollars and two fifty uh, uh, each way price. Ewitt with a gate speed. Revelstoke always the camp have talked about Revelstoke as being the better of that group of mares. Still find her somewhat um, unreliable, but um, you know she's just about at the stage where she could flex her muscles and. Um, I just think $6 about both of those at the moment seems a little bit of unders. I'd be interested to see how that uh, market shapes itself out. You might have an idea there, Jace. Call my ears the other one as well. There's not much between each of those Anton Galino runners. But look, my tips here, I've got 11 on top, uh, ahead of uh, 5, um, 7 and 6. 11, 5, 7, 6. Yeah, right. You've really... Uh... You've really changed my opinion here on Love Gun. I know the horse is going really well. I don't know why. These things tend to happen. So there was some time ago that I was, um, I think it was uh, five starts ago, so it was all the way back at the start of April before I was was taken into captivity, that uh, I spoke to Greg Sugars prior to uh, a run at Melt 1 by Hammers Lord, and Love Gun was very, very short, and... He seemed perplexed and shocked that the horse could be so short and, and sort of made cases for why uh, he wouldn't win. He led on that occasion. He did get beaten by Hammer's Law. And it probably, uh, it, it, it's influenced my, my take on Love Gun. But I'm with you uh, primarily. Uh, RC Phoenix is the horse to beat. RC Phoenix is a very, very, very good horse. What price are we looking at at the moment for, for RC Phoenix? 215 Yeah, that's... That's rock bottom, though, isn't it? That's rock bottom. When mm. you considering, I think the case I made going back to Braveheart and and uh, William Wallace that um, it's quite a large Antigalino army you're facing here. 
RC Phoenix has got to sort of, um, I mean, they can sort of look after each other a little bit, you would have thought, in terms of Cormier, who is, when when Cormier leads, she wins. Um, I don't think she's ever been beaten in front. Revelstoke, I think, is the most talented of them. Egret is the most professional. And then you've got Visionary, and we don't know where Visionary is at, and Visionary might be the best of the lot. So it's mm. it's uh, it's it's perplexing in terms of um, trying to work out exactly who's going to lob where here. But RC Phoenix, I'm with you. I've got it on top. I'm not sure I want to launch into 215. I think we might get a drift there, at least to some degree. Call my ear in for second on the proviso that she does balance and burn and find the top, because as mentioned, unbeaten when leading. And then I've got Visionary in not really knowing. I mean, the trial was good, but not really knowing... Uh, where we stand here in number seven, Revelstoke, who I've always had a huge opinion of. So 11, 3, 9, and 7 for me. Now we get to the free-for-all, the centre state printing pace. It's uh, up to 120 and an opportunity for um, a couple of runners here. I, I'm very interested in your speed map in this race, Dan, because the market suggested totally that Ian Buckingham was just going to find the front. Um, when Yan Buckian has been forced to breeze in races, I don't think it's ever run a place. If it goes back, it can't win. It would it would need to, in my opinion, it would need to just cross them and lead. But you've got Curly James there that's got good gate speed. I think Vanquish Stride will kick up and only want, want to hand up to um, whoever uh, it believes won't hand up to anything else. This is on the proviso. Once again, the Platinum Stride doesn't get a run. Uh, Max Delight might come out running, but does he have the gate speed across from seven these days? Probably not. It, it's an interesting one. I certainly thought from my end that Yambuckian opened far, far too short. It, I think it was in red figures, $1.60, $1.70. But um, you might be about to uh, provide a dissertation that tells me that Yambuckian will lead and will win. I hope not. Please allay my fears. Uh, look, um, I, I can't. I'm, uh, oh, no. I... Look, I think Ian Bucky and I can understand why it's favourite and, and the likelihood is it's got the gate speed and it can cross. And you're right, I think Curly James is the horse that... It did. It, did, it won the Cobram Cup first up, didn't it? Yep. Last prep. It, I know it won first up last prep and, you know, it's sort of horse that's forward enough early. Um, doesn't look like there's a lot of other opposition with speed on the front line. But if Curly James is able to get over to the pegs first, it's going to get the run of the race. Perfect run first up. So... I thought it would be, it'd be the threat. Um, I don't like tipping horses first up um, in metropolitan class races, but I, I'm wary of this one, Curly James. Now, Yambuckian, it shows you the strength of the free-for-all last week. Yambuckian goes around at 100 to 1, and uh, this week is $2.15. It's amazing how good that race was last week. Um, I, I think that all those horses on the background, like a wildfire, have been continuing to tip. And look, he hasn't been going badly, but I just feel like I should ease off... Uh, on his bandwagon. He's in the mix, and Tango Tara, likewise, is going to get out to good odds. Bulletproof boys, similarly, he'll get back, but he'll flash home. Uh, but I think... Um, I don't want to back him back in at 2.15, Jason, but I'm struggling to get confidence to tip something else um, that uh, is capable of, uh, of beating him. So it's more a, a race where I want to factor in the horses that can win, say, for the quaddy. So Curly James might represent that value. I've, uh, I've tipped five, two, nine, and ten. Maybe it's like a wildfire and it's going to be his race. What some of these free-for-alls have missed out on a lot of the time, and it could be similar here, there hasn't been a death seat horse that mm. puts pressure to the leader. So that's the aspect of Yem Buckian that might be suited best. May well be stable mate Tango Tara that goes around, sits parked, and at $10, he might well be the value. Uh, the horse that you were intimating before had a chance at odds, Vanquish Stride, since we've been on air, has trimmed up from 23 to 14. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a message from Steve Cleave, um, and he said, uh, the odds are gone, and uh, don't wait for the emergency, emergency to come out, but unfortunately, I have to, but... You know, there's there's always a silver lining. Obviously, uh, people still think, despite my uh, my couple of months away and the uh, rumours of my passing and deceasement, <laughs> that uh, I've still got an idea because I, I said it at the top of the show and now it's 23 into 14, so the odds have gone. And more importantly, in in some respect, the place odds 440 maybe into $3.10. So, uh, Lord above, Lord above. Will there be a scratching? No, I don't know. That's the problem. That's why I couldn't bet, but others have. So well done and good luck, and hopefully there are no scratchings. Um, yeah, look, 
I've gone nine two five and three here. I've gone like a wildfire. So here's here's my thinking. Yeah, Bucky and did beat the stable mate, obviously the the uh, little brother, the Miracle Mile winner, catch a wave a few starts back. But yeah, Bucky and is yet to prove that he's a free for all. So even if Curly, even if he does lead, but Curly James decides to run the gate and ensure it gets across Vanquish Stride, and they run a, a fast first quarter here. Yeah, Buckian's done some work like a wildfire. He's the kind of horse I remember. I will never forget that um, that night. I think it was against Triple Eight, wasn't it? Where like a wildfire yeah. just took off, and the sustained capacity for eight hundred meter top speed freak for all proper good horse um, antics uh, won him the race, and we know he's a proper good horse. Like like a wildfire, I think can well. There's two ways you can win. Out there, Danny. He can he can hope they burn up, then whip around them and get to the breeze, even over the short course here, and drill them into submission. Or if they go absolutely berserk, come with one run, and you know that for 800 metres he's going to be able to sustain the rage. I'm with you. I don't know that he's racing it at his absolute best, but I'll look at that last start and I say, it's it's. In fact, so many of his recent runs have been relatively inconclusive to the point where he might be racing at his best and he's just getting no fortune against good horses. So I've gone with him on top. Uh, Vanquish Stride, I've already mentioned. Heartbreak now, 14 and 310 in for second. I think it's a genuine each-way option or a one-by-two. And then Yam Buckian and Curly James. But I'll be honest with you, it wouldn't if you're playing quaddies here, I don't know if you'd want to muck around too much, Dan. I think I'd be having a saver with even your Tango Taras and your Bulletproof Boys. Do you agree? Yeah, oh, no doubt about that at all. Yep. Well, Bulletproof Boy needs the pace on, but he'll flash home, and Tango Tar is more likely to make his own luck. At those sorts of prices, 10 or $11, you can err on the side of being wrong, can't you? Simply yeah. because of yeah. the value that's there. And um, if you're tipping a horse that's 23 into 14 now, it could still start 101 by the time the race is on. I mean, <laughs> fluctuations sort of mean nothing, um, as we've seen lately. But you'll get good odds about... Uh, t- or if you like $10, Tango Tar... Uh, he, he, the groundswell could be there and he firms up the $6 or Bulletproof Boy for that matter. So, um, it, But they could easily go the other way. It's, it's perplexing. But fu- the truth is, funnily enough, regardless of whether that fluctuation happens or not, drawn 10 and 11 over a short course trip at a free-for-all, a horse can start $15, but in the quad it can be worth 40 can't it? Because yeah. pe- people just have decided... They've made their maps up in their head and they say, well, you can't win from back there. So it's worth throwing them in, not only on the possibility that something bizarre might happen in the last 45 seconds, but also they're generally going to be worth more in the quad, aren't they, than whatever their representative price might be for the race. No doubt. Usually you find the horse that's the fifth favourite in the race, fifth favourite. Yeah. Um, if they win, they're generally, you know, they're 10 to 1 shot or 12 to 1 shot. They're the ones with the best value because they're always the next horse that people mm. usually can't afford to put in. Uh, we will always uh, tip four horses. We'll have an inkling for a fifth horse, but they're the ones that I always find uh, the best value through a quaddy, a bit similar to what you're talking about. And it could be either of Tango Tara, Bulletproof Boy, um, or even the one that you mentioned, uh, and like at the odds, the way it's firming up, Bank Week Stride, it could be in single figures soon. So they're the sorts of horses, if they're not in your top four, can always add that little bit of value. And that's why it always hurts getting put out of the quaddy uh, in an instance like that, because uh, you cogitate about putting them in your top four and you leave one out and almost it's a recipe for them to uh, to grow an extra leg. You know how to get me, don't you? I'm a lover of words. Cogitate, one of my favourites. We'll cogitate on a little bit more. School's out for the moment. SEN Track Trots Live Friday Form Panel. When we return, two more races to get through and then we'll give you our best bets and also a brand new segment that I like to call Multiculture. Back in a moment. Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back, Friday Form Panel. Jay Bond back with Dan Malecki. This is uh, one of the great parts of my week, one of the absolute highlights. Welcome back, Bonners. Uh, great to hear your voice again, mate. Wayne Lappin. Good on you, Wayne. It's great having a uh, little chat with you. I, I think it was a Chuger a couple of years ago, Wayne. Um, right, two more races to go, Dan. Race seven is the third leg of the quaddie. Louis Luai. This is an interesting situation again. It's come up exactly the price that I marked at $1.90. 
Magic Mike gets a run, should still lead Louis Luai, probably the one to beat. It hurts LB2 chains, who'll now be probably three back the poles. I'm looking at who else can win the race. I'll tell you what, though. Final Collect and Louis Luai have met, I think, four times, and Final Collect has been first past the post on three occasions. So I'm thinking... I'm thinking 195.50, even though I've marked them 194, might be there might be a little bit too much between them. But is is this basically it's D Day for Louis Luai, isn't it? Look, he he's had you just got to look at his barrier draws. He starts from two Magic Mike's got to run because Daylight at Dawn is the scratching. He's come from six or seven in his last what half a dozen starts, so he'll appreciate getting barrier two, and he has got a bit of gate speed. They haven't been using it up for gate speed, but he probably hasn't had the barrier draws to do it. He'll be very hard to beat, but um, I like Final Collect. I, I think each way, the value is there for Final Collect. I, I can see that trimming right up. Um, he's a pretty smart horse. Um, he split um, the Lost Storm Louis Luai last time. He's got good form lines through here. I'm, I'm very keen each way, Final Collect. He looks overs to me. Four, that's not to say that Louis Luai is not the hardest to beat. He is. He's going to be very, very hard to, uh, to run down, Louis Luai. I think Terry is um, uh, a pretty handy pacer and will run well here. And um, and of the other, Magic Mike, now that it's got to run, it might be able to finish in the top four because it might end up in a really good spot. But I'm very keen each way, final collect. Uh, maybe it's a really good Quinella uh, with Louis Luai, four, two, five, one. Totally understand where you're coming from. I've again taken the uh, cow's way out, two, four, eight and five for me with Louis Luai on top. Final race in the program. Is the Cogs Services Rising Stars pay second heat? This was a really tough race, Dan. What did you come up with? Yeah, it is a tough race. Uh, I've looked for value. I thought, what did you say is that value? It's been going around much shorter odds and races, similar depth to this. Might be the right sort of race for him, at least at that price. He might be worth a a shekel or two. Nine, what did you say? Uh, I think Diamond Eclipse showed last week, good enough running from the gate. Uh, Can run well. Sturming up looks under the odds for me. Um, he can run well, though, uh, and I've got Major Fire, Gennady and Star Hunter as, as chances as well, but happy enough at long odds, my value play, long shot for the night. What did you say? You say? What did you say? Race eight, number nine, uh, each way from one, uh, six and 11. What did you say? As uh, Blake Green used to say. Um, yeah, class factors there, but I've, uh, I've gone with Stir Me Up. It opened really short. The thing about it's two dollars now. The thing about stir me up is stir me up can have a little think, can have a little think. Might be in front, and that could be that could be a problem. Outside the leader might even be better. But who are you outside? There's I don't want to take two bucks, but I've got it on top of number eleven. That's Major Fire, who's got a picket fence form line for LB Ashwood. Gennady's tightened up, and I, I thought that would be the case into ten dollars. It's my fourth pick, and. I was impressed with the run of Diamond Eclipse. It's got a little bit of early speed. Should end up behind the leader, whoever does find the lamplighting role at 11 and 280. I finish off with 6, 11, 1 and 12. Final break coming up when we return. Best bets and multiculture. Hopefully Dan can keep the momentum going with multiculture. I've got a, a, a three-leg multi with them all to win, but I've got a couple at value as well. All right, back in a moment. This is Trot's Life. This is the Friday form panel. This is G, uh, J Bon and D Mills, and we'll be back very, very soon to wind this puppy up. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Here are the panel's best. Welcome back. It's funny, I was watching uh, a man that was closely associated with Tina Turner, Phil Spector, the documentary the other day. Uh, very talented man, very weird man, Dan. Um, what are your best bets for tomorrow night, please? Right. Uh, two best bets, race <laughs> yes. three, number five, Treachery, and race five, number 11, RC Phoenix. My long shot for the night is race eight, number nine, What Did You Say?, my best each way is race seven, number four, final collect. Right. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give two here for the best bet so I can save a, a couple for multiculture. I'm saying each way, race four, number four, Elder Baron Miley. And if Snooze for Nose, on Burning Questions, dulls my enthusiasm, I'll come back and make sure this is not podcast. 
and I'll remove it. I'll redact <laughs> it from the tape. Um, and also uh, Vanquish Stride, who's still $14. The $23 would have been great. Uh, but race six, number two, Vanquish Stride each way. Ollie, is there a new segment we're going to get involved in or not? It's time for Multiculture. Right, we'll switch roles here. I'll go first. Why do I feel this is terribly unlikely to come up? Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm actually going against one of Dan's best. But this is not good. This is not good news. Race two, number five to win, Ki-Yang Chucky. Race three, number four, Tough Tilly. And then I'm finishing off with race seven, number two, Louis Luai. In fact, that can't win because Dan's against me on a couple of occasions. What's your multiculture, please, Dan? <laughs> Uh, I've gone all up a place. Race two, number 12, Sebastian's Boy. All up a place, She's a Wish in race four. All up a place, Final Collect in race seven. So the three of them all up the place, currently $3.64. This has been fun as always. I hear the race callers like yourself are going to play a heavier role in Trots Vision. Hopefully you're getting more money, Dan, so you can look after all those dependents that you've got. Um, the kids, the pets, everything. <laughs> it's been great joining you again, mate. Likewise. There's Good Dan to hear Maliki. your lovely voice, Jace. Uh, oh, lovely. He's going to give it to you, Goodbye. Enjoy Trackside. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the rest of the program on SEN Track.